I'm sure you've all heard the phrase scared to death before. It brings to mind a story that my friend David from Jacksonville told me once about a moment when he came out to the porch of his house and saw just a few feet from where his young daughter was playing a massive rattlesnake. To hear David tell the story, I can't imagine that he has never spoken in a more serious and commanding voice than when he told his daughter, come here to me right now. All of us experience fear. Fear is a gift that God gave us to protect us from harm. And so if we're hiking and we see a snake or a bear, we get afraid. And it's not just physical fears. There are also fears about relationships. We ask ourselves, can we trust this person, whether this is a personal relationship or a professional relationship? And there are social, societal fears. Ever since 9-11, our country has been immersed in fear. And we have a media machine that doesn't let us remain unaware of every shooting, at every synagogue, at every church, at every school, of the latest and greatest strain of drug-resistant bacteria, of the possibility of a stock market crash. And so we live in this culture of fear. And unfortunately, some of our politicians use this fear as a tool to get elected or to get whatever they want to get done. During the time of Jesus' arrest and trial and crucifixion, there was a lot of fear. Peter, the one upon whom God said, you are the rock upon which I will build my church, Peter, for all his bravado, denied the Lord three times. Joseph of Arimathea, it says in the reading today, took courage to go to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. And it reminds us that money does not insulate us from fear. Joseph was a wealthy man. He was able to provide a tomb for the Lord that was cut out of rock. But he felt fear when going to the governor of the commanding Roman forces and what about the myrrh-bearing women? Don't you think they were a little bit afraid when they're going early in the morning to the tomb, not knowing if they're going to find a guard of soldiers there, not knowing how they're going to roll the stone away from the door? I think they were probably all a little afraid. But the good news for us today, brothers and sisters, that the fear of God overcomes every other fear and it frees us from every other fear. What happened to the myrrh-bearers? They were afraid. They came to the tomb. But do you notice that what happened when they came and they saw the stone was rolled away? They went in. They were, first of all, amazed at what they saw. But did you notice what happened afterwards, how they left? It says, they went out and fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had come upon them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. They were afraid, but it was a godly fear that they felt. So, my question to you today is, 
What do you fear? And I don't ask you to judge you because I have all the same fears. Fears about money, fears about relationships, fears about my health. I ask us to help us discern what kind of fears we have. Are they earthly fears or are they heavenly fears? Are they bodily fears or are they spiritual fears? Do we fear the loss of our freedom more than we fear our failure to do the will of God? What do you fear? And again, the good news is that when we are unable to overcome any of these fears, God can. When we are unable to transform any of those fears, God, the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the one to whom we sing, holy, 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 He can overcome them. He can transform them. It has been so from the beginning of the history of our salvation. In Egypt, when God's people were under the foot of Pharaoh, He sent plagues upon them to instill in his people a fear of him that would save them from their oppressors. And if Pharaoh's heart had not been hardened, he could also have been freed by the fear of God from every other fear. When the Israelites were wandering in the desert, I'm sure there were times when they feared for their life. They feared starvation. They feared not to have water. But God made water gush from a rock to teach them that the fear of God would free them from every other fear. When Goliath was facing the armies of Israel and they were afraid of this monstrously large Philistine warrior, God used his servant David to take a stone and sling it into the giant's head to teach his people that the fear of God frees you from every other fear. When Daniel was in the lion's den and they covered the lion's den with a stone just like the tomb of Christ, he slept peacefully because he knew that the fear of God would free him. Centuries later, he sent his son to save us from death itself. And just as water gushed forth from the rock, just as Daniel emerged from the den of lions that was covered with a stone, now the resurrection power of God comes forth from the tomb we remember today. Franklin Delano Roosevelt once said that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But I say to you, the only one we have to fear is God himself. And when we do, the fear of God will free us from every other fear. Finally, brothers and sisters, we remember Peter. The rock upon whom God would build his church, he wrote in one of his epistles. Come to Christ, to that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And remembering Jesus Christ, you too, my friends, like the myrrh-bearing women, can become scared to life.